So hello and welcome to the Pilot Game Luster podcast. Um, this is Trevor Whalen, the editor-in-chief speaking. I'm joined by Robert, one of our editors. Hey. Christine, Jorge, and Sean, three of our writers. Hello. hello. Hi. Hey, and we will be doing a shorter podcast this time along. It is a test run for us. And first, we're just going to be talking about what all we've been playing lately. And I have a little mental paper with everyone's name on it and a pen that I'm going to be spinning to know who goes when. So, leading us off will be Robert. Oh, what have you right. been playing lately? Okay, so I've been playing a lot of uh, Call of Duty Zombies. Actually, uh, I kind of fell. Yeah, I fell back into that pit. <laughs> Throwback um, to two thousand eight. Yeah, seriously, I used to play that a lot back in the day, and then I stopped because you know I did the twelve steps. I walked away from the drugs, <laughs> but <laughs> a friend okay. of mine gave me a free hit, and now I'm back into it. And I don't know, it's been a lot of fun, honestly. Kind of, you know, figuring out all the maps again and getting back into the thick of things and all that I've never done that before actually well I'll take that back I did it a little bit in Black Ops uh, which game which game have you been doing it in uh, I've been playing Black Ops 3 which oh, okay. uh, yeah that one you can play like most of the zombies maps in one game which is the reason why I bought that one okay and none of the uh, recent Call of Duty's have had that like uh, the Modern Warfare is, or the Infinity Warfare, my bad, and Advanced Warfare. None of them have have had the zombie stuff, right? If I remember right, didn't, didn't World War Two have that thing where it's like we're back? It's Nazi zombies, and yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't know. It did, yeah. yes, yeah. Oh, okay, I, I haven't played it, but I know it's a thing there. Gotcha. I have not played World War Two at all. It is on my backlog. I was interested in it. The last Call of Duty I played was. I think it might have actually been Black Ops. I I have not been following it. I got really into it with Modern Warfare 2 and the multiplayer, and then that continued somewhat in Black Ops, and then it just fell out from there. I haven't done it much since. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I mean, Call of Duty is... like I don't like the multiplayer at all. I don't play it for that. It's not a thing yeah. for everyone. So has anyone else here like had, a, had at any point like a really... A real addiction to Call of Duty since the Modern Warfare era. Is there anyone here who like has never done Call of du the recent Call of Duty multiplayer or zombies? Anyone uh, who's never done it? I mean, I'm not. I've never really been like a Call of Duty person, so it's like one of those franchises I know about and I know what's going on, but never really got the urge to play it myself because mm. all of my money and time kind of went to Warcraft instead so nice. Nice. can only it's like between Warcraft and Civilization like there's only so much sleep you can lose in a day so true right. I was I did Call of Duty starting with the first one so I was coming to it as a fan of the single player campaign and oh I played through the second one and then I never I never did the third one. And then the fourth one I got too late. And then I remember Modern Warfare 2 when it launched is the one where I kind of got back into it and mm. really got into the multiplayer. And that's why I was wanting to check out World War 2 because of its throwback nature. I just, with last year's busyness, I never got a chance. 
I did play the open beta of it. It does feel a lot like old school Call of Duty, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, it does. It definitely. Because that's... And, and I would be more doing the single player of it anyway, but the boot, boots on the ground combat, even the multiplayer, is what I would I would be looking for. Right. So is that it then? Just Call of Duty Zombies? Yeah, that's what I'd probably go with. Okay. Alright then. I'll, um... I've spun my little mental pin here again it's landed on the next name which is christine so christine what have you been playing lately um a couple of different ones i'd say um let me see i'll start uh, a basic one probably everyone has either seen or played at this point is uh doki doki literature club that's yes. like that's the craze nope. like it's, it's it's one of those things you know it's like it's free you might as well at least like try it out a little bit um so I, you know, that one you can get through pretty quickly. It's not really like a long term so, commitment. So a visual novel, right? Yeah, it's okay. it's like a it's like a very unexpected. Like I feel like if you're going into it blind, it's like this crazy experience. But because I knew so much about it beforehand, right. um, I just it was like, oh yeah, and then this is gonna happen, and. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because it's such a small, small development team um, and it's this free game and it's short, but the fan base around it already is insane. Um, And also, I feel like insane in a different way because like, I don't see how they love any of those characters as much as they do since they're psychotic. But um, Mm. yeah, so that one, that one's definitely been an experience, and I'm such a completionist, I had to find, like, every secret I possibly could. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. Yeah, so that, that part of it's kind of fun, like, going through the game files, finding all the, like, hidden poems and all the little secrets in the game, so I think that was really fun. Uh, yeah, besides that one, uh, I've been playing uh, Epistory a little bit in my free time. Uh, typing chronicles what are these games (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's um it's this it's this game on steam um and the art style is kind of like origami like paper style which is what kind of drew me to it initially Mm. um and you're this girl and you have this huge like horse-sized fox that you ride around um and the interesting thing about this game is it's a typing game so you defeat monsters you unlock puzzles by typing words oh, wow. yeah and so it's like it's kind of like a warm-up for me almost like if i need to get back into <laughs> typing real fast it's like i'll go and play that game for a bit and you're like <sighs> typing for your life as these giant monsters come towards you and you're like oh my god i need to spell this word real quick and like <laughs> and it's cool you can uh-huh. you can put in different languages you can use like um, you know, like American English or British English, I think. And huh. so it's kind of a fun typing exercise kind of game. Um, and the atmosphere and everything's great. But yeah, I realized that I've, I've gotten slower at typing when playing that because I did not expect to ever die in that game. But I totally did. And I was like, wow, I need to I need to practice more. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, that's 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 the main ones I've been playing lately. It kind of reminds me of that one game I remember seeing on Steam a couple years ago, like Typing of the Dead. You guys know that game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to make a joke reference to that, but you beat me to it, so. (laughs) I have not played either of those, but 
Doki right. Doki is on my backlog. I've been meaning to get to it since reading Tao's review, and I have it in my Steam library. I just haven't been able to. The other, so what, I I need to look up. What platforms is Doki Doki available on? PC. Oh, just PC. Okay, I think so. Do you yeah. have a PC? Um, I right. I like borrow a PC sometimes. Or, so, I think it might I might be on Mac too though. Oh, okay. I feel like it probably is, but I'm not sure. But I think most people who play it do it on PC. Sure. And 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 Sean, do you do you not have? Um, do you just have a Mac or a PC? So I mean, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. I I didn't. I wouldn't <laughs> want this to be too personal. No, no I was just knee jerk knee jerk asking since you asked and seemed a little disappointed when they said it was just on PC. <laughs> no, it's a fair question. So my. PC. I, I just had a laptop before, but it's completely dead now. So I'm just using a MacBook, which is uh, obviously not well suited for for gaming purposes. So, I yeah, I've had I I've, I've had a laptop dying me too. Um, so you, you're not alone. It was right. it was an Alienware laptop that lasted for a good three and a half years, and then on its fourth year, it just started going ultra slow. And then eventually the screen went out and I had to put it in my closet. I've since had custom built desktop PCs and they, I don't know if I'm doing anything different, but they last one of them I got in 13, early in 13, it's about five years old and it's as fast as it was when I first started it. And that this is the first time this has happened with the PC for me. Usually after four to five years, they, they start slowing up and going out, but this one, still runs fine maybe it's just because i've been more careful with it i don't know but maybe yeah. yeah so anyway then um we'll continue with jorge um amidst all of your um studying and reading that you referenced uh, what have you been squeezing in game wise uh well not much in terms of uh i guess volume uh but more in the case of or uh in 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 the vein of frequency I've played I think three games uh, in two to three to four weeks um, one of which uh, the most frequently uh, played one would be World of Warcraft again uh, oh, nice. I recently resubscribed since I think November uh, I've been playing for a month month and a half I'll probably be quitting out soon because I find myself logging on and then logging off immediately and not touching it for the day. Um, but I recently, I did this this neat little side quest where you um, you chase this, this hidden artifact appearance for a paladin, which is the corrupted Ashbringer. Mm. And there's this one enemy you need to kill uh, near the end of the quest, which respawns on a 30 to 48 hour respawn timer. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, I just cheated. I waited till the, the server was under maintenance, and then afterwards, I just hopped on and killed it immediately. Oh, and man, I just added it though. in. Yeah. And then I just thought, well, now there's nothing left to do in this game. And then I stopped. <laughs> Haven't played in two to three days. I mean, it's been really great, but um, I'm constantly faced with this dilemma of, well, do I want to collect more artifact power and. and appearances and mounts or do I want to read this book that I need to read and probably want to read so 
I don't know. It's it's too time consuming. I think. Yeah, but I, mean, I love it to what, death. <clears throat> that's what WoW's always been about, right? Those yeah. arbitrary timers and all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh sure, but I mean, I wouldn't say I dislike the game or even hate the game, but I think a different me would would um or could be permitted to still play the game. Especially with the expansion coming out too, like pretty soon, like you have to kind of play catch up as well. Oh sure, but it's more a case of um, you know this this uh, MMO called Second Life. Yeah, yes. that's that's kind of what World of Warcraft has always been a second <coughs> life, <laughs> and so I'm desperately trying to build my own life up, especially <laughs> during the end of my my um my education so can I really afford to to spend even an hour a day uh, playing someone that doesn't exist in a world that no one gives a shit about <laughs> yeah, just funneling, funneling all your resources into the digital world right <laughs> I, I really I wish I could go back in time and ask myself that question especially Circus Skyrim um, that oh, was sure. my yeah. that was my second life as more of a single player yeah. gamer yeah Unfortunately, uh, at the time, I cared more about um, Trevor the Nord than Trevor the real person here in the world. So, <laughs> right. But I mean, that's fine, and I'm not criticizing. I'm not knocking that. But I oh, just yeah. literally cannot afford it, and certainly not now. I mean, I'm getting pretty old, um, so I need to, I mean, divert away from that and mm. see if I can't, mm. you know, make money somehow. I don't know. Oh, that'd that's be nice. a fine way to think. Yeah, I started. I mean, so, like, <laughs> like, can't you can't you trade World of Warcraft money for real money? Isn't that a thing? Uh, no. Oh, never I mind. mean, I the guess if someone is... really wants you to, you could make like a <laughs> private deal with them. But yeah, but that's against the terms of service. Yeah, like yeah. just because you can doesn't mean that. you're really allowed to. But hey, sure. right. Blizzard yeah. Blizzard doesn't need to know. Just keep it on the table. But they will. There's this very um, almost famous case now of some high-level rogue during the first expansion that sold his account, mm. and they, in 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 days of that sale uh, concluding, they caught wind of it and they suspended the new guy who bought the account. Um, literally like days. I mean, they just somehow knew. They somehow caught a whiff of that. Wow. Yeah. So that would immediately come back to bite you in the ass. And I mean, yeah. as well, if in those days, if you were a high-level rogue or whatever, and you had something to sell, you know, something of value, sure, maybe sure. you can get a thousand bucks out of that, maybe. <laughs> and you'll keep your lights on for three months. But I mean, nowadays, especially since, as Christine mentioned, I'm out of the loop, uh, there's nothing really for me to barter with. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just feel pointless. bad for the person spending that much money on a rogue. Honestly, I get. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in general. <laughs> no, uh, just like yeah, that. That seems like a bad choice. Eesh. Wow, knocking on rogues. Rude. <laughs> I think it was because he to had stab the... him in the back. Hey. Ah, ooh, the American nice. wit. There it is. <laughs> God fucking damn it! I just. But anyway, I mean, I've been trying to get back into Wartile, uh, for which I received a uh, review code from you, Trevor. Oh, yes. Um, which hasn't been going swell. Um, 
and then it hasn't also been going as well as I would have liked because I initially really liked the game and now it seems to um, devolve into a grind fest of the early levels where you can only realistically complete the first two levels on different difficulty modes until you get enough XP and gear to go to the following levels because the following levels are um, filled with enemies that are too strong for you to kill mm -hmm. so it's kind of I mean so there's a disincentivization there but, um, no go ahead oh uh, so how are the visuals on it because I, I got an understanding it has really good attention to detail is that what you've you felt yeah I mean the visuals are great but I think the the more interesting part is not necessarily the models of the character or the textures which aren't that great but I mean the map itself is, is interesting because um, the game is sort of aware of itself as being this um, uh, interactive digital board game so the maps are literally um, set pieces that have this appearance of uh, having been made by hand in real life and so they're also cut as squares and you can sort of see the levels of um, I don't know what you would call that especially in English but I mean it has this 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 feel of, of being uh, a model a scale something like that which like is pretty cool mm. it's not just like oh we're doing a, a, a board game thing and it's Vikings and so this map is is very large and it has um, a skybox that goes on forever and invisible walls that keep you in um, it sort of takes that identity as a board game in digital form and it's very clear about it which is which is neat which is fun I think but, I see I mean, what you're saying it's 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 a shame really because I wanted to really like it and now I'm sort of starting to get a bit um, annoyed by it especially because the movement is um, it's sort of time-based you have action points where you can walk a certain distance so you drag the guy let's say three tiles but then he has a a, a cooldown timer where he has or you have to wait one or two seconds until you can move again which is interesting when you're uh, in combat with with enemies on the map but when you're not in combat you're just <laughs> waiting to move on and it's 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 kind of annoying it's 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 stupid it's it's a stupid oversight i think to just oh you're in combat because you're within 10 or 5 tiles of an enemy now you cannot move indiscriminately but you should you sort of uh you wait around uh until your um your cooldown expires which is well stupid yeah, that sounds like an annoying little like thing they could have just caught with oversight. Some yeah, some QA. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, ultimately, it's it's sort of it it's it's it it does sound like a nitpicky thing, like oh, it, if 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 that's really what's what stands in the way of your enjoyment of the game, then maybe you're looking in the wrong direction. But then this is evident in the very first map, and this is your general movement for the entire game. So if you can imagine this game maybe would be 20 hours long, something like that, like a general playthrough, then you, 10 of those hours would be waiting for you to just <laughs> be able to move and then move, which is stupid. Mm. It's not a padding issue, but it's it's it could get very, like I say, annoying, like grating very early on. But I haven't played enough to, to really um, get a full impression of the game in its current state. 
Right. But I want to really like it. It looks like a, a good game, or at least it has a potential of becoming a good game. Okay. All right, then. Well, um, by process of illumination, it's down to you and me, Sean. And as a gentleman, <laughs> I'll go last. So, Sean, then. Um, well, thank you. What you been playing? So, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite on PS4, mm. actually. Ah. Yeah. So, without a gaming PC and without an Xbox One, Fortnite's been my first real dive into the whole Battle Royale thing. And I've actually had right. a really good time with Fortnite so far. I feel like a lot of what's been said about Battle Royale has... I've seen a lot of that in Fortnite. There's a tenseness to it that I haven't really felt in shooters in a long time. Uh, knowing that as soon as you die, you're going to the menu screen. And as soon as you kill someone, you're sending them to the menu screen. So, I, I'm right. having... So I'm having a really good time with that. If I had one complaint, it's not so much a complaint as it is it maybe not being uh, perfectly compatible with what I like in games. But um, have any of you guys played Fortnite at all? No. No. Not me, no. Okay. So at the end of Fortnite, or the end game of Fortnite is very, very uh, centered in the game's building mechanics. And the game's building mechanics are complicated to a certain degree they're there's just a lot to them and i always feel so outmatched at that point whereas i feel more on a level playing field up until then but it's just kind of a small complaint and it's just something that i'm sure you get better at as you continue playing but i've had a good time with it overall along yeah, with I, that i've oh sorry well, I was just going to say, I remember seeing a lot of gameplay of Fortnite back when I was thinking, oh, maybe I'm interested in this. And every the end of every game I've seen of every YouTuber who plays the game is always like, who can build the tallest tower? Who can build the right. most cover? Just, huh. Yeah. Something awfully fraudulent about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is a janky game to some degree. But at the same time, the shooting does feel pretty good in it. And I know... Uh, I, I do think I'd prefer PUBG based on what I've seen. I can't say for certain since I haven't played it, but but I do think that the building at the end is enough to, to make me say that I'd, I'd really, really appreciate it if PUBG eventually came to PS4. I don't know if it will or... So have you played... The is with that. Have you played... Um, well, I'll say PUBG. First of all, um, quick survey. How do you pronounce P-U-B-G? I've always pub. thought PUBG. I say PUBG. PUBG. Uh, I say PUBG, yeah, PUBG. but that's because I'm Dutch. Oh, there's <laughs> a plunk bat now too, apparently. Oh yeah, play like yeah. Yeah, plunk yeah. Bat. <laughs> yeah. So what's PUBG? Is that I've always thought PUBG. I mean, is it? I don't. I don't think there's like an official, right? I mean, officially, it's Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, right? right? I'm pretty right. sure yeah, this is like, like GIF versus GIF all over again, kind of. Yeah, thing. Oh, <laughs> don't Stupid don't even go into that. Wait, wait, can, we, can we just really quick see where everyone stands on that? Oh no! No, I'm, or, I'm too is scared. It's the question. <laughs> GIF. Yeah, a hard G. Yeah, said yeah. GIF just to fuck people off. <laughs> like, well, I say GIF too, but I think there is an element that you have to give. Like, the the creator of the GIF has stated that it's GIF, right? Oh, I'm pretty shit. sure. Yeah, I don't care. Some, yeah I no think, one cares right, though. Yeah, you have to factor that in. Use GIFs. Or GIFs. 
Um, and it's similar to uh, Gibbs and Jibs from Id's games. I always said Gibbs for Doom and Quake, and then I believe I heard someone actually pronounce it Jibs, short for giblets, and it just blew my mind. I've always said Gibbs. <laughs> has any, has anyone still? else here said Gibbs who has used that term? Nah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ah, dang. I'm uh, very cool. Ah. Well, I guess I'm not. I just, I guess I default to the hard G. You know, I. Anyway. Well, anyway, so where did that come from? PUBG or PUBG? Players in those battlegrounds. Uh, Fortnite. We were talking about Fortnite. Yes. And my. <laughs> yeah. Right. And my question then, Sean, was PUBG, PUBG, have you played it? Or have you just done Fortnite? So, yeah, I've only played Fortnite. So my assumption that I would like PUBG better is, is only an assumption at this point. From, from what I've seen, um, from how I the, the games end up playing out and that in the end, it makes versus you, Fortnite. Um, I'm sorry, but I was just going to say it makes you valuable in my mind because most people I read about or hear from have played PUBG and then go to Fortnite, but you are actually someone who has not, whose first taste is Fortnite and not PUBG. So that huh. could give you a valuable entrance into PUBG. If yeah, you ever I'd... wanted to, you know, hint, hint, do an impressions piece of Fortnite. Just saying. Sure. <laughs> Just say a version. Yeah. Just say pure. <laughs> yeah. Andrew but... would be the one to talk uh, to about that now. I mean, speaking to you, oh, yes. Sean. Yes, um, definitely. He... He seems to have played a lot of that game. Yes, he has. That and Destiny 2, Destiny and PUBG, and some other stuffs. Mm. Yeah, I think I've got maybe like 40 or so hours in PUBG now, maybe. I, don't I have zero. That more. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, yeah. I think it's a lot of fun with friends. I'm not as into the like solo well, they, That's why. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no bots, I guess. No. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I'll pass. No, no Chinaman. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um that's well i'll my passing comment on bots is a topic for another um discussion i guess but anyway sean um so in addition to fortnite what else have you been playing or do you have anything else to say on fortnite uh that's probably it on fortnite along with that i've been playing xenoblade chronicles 2 a little bit here mm. and there Ooh, nice and then also i've been Doing some dabbling in Rocket League, which has been somewhat frustrating, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the learning curve is just so insane. And uh, but uh, back to the Xenoblade Two thing, I'm having a really good time with that. I think the entrance was a little hard for me, and I played I played both Xenoblade One and Xenoblade X, and I really liked both of them. But getting into Two was hard for me for some reason but i now feel like i'm at the place where like i'm actually wanting to play it i'm not forcing it which i might have been a little bit at the beginning what chapter are you on i uh just now got to chapter four i think i just uh saw pyra's first transformation into uh what's uh, mithra mithra okay so i'm in like midway through chapter three and i just dropped the game and i've been trying to figure out like what is it that makes it so hard to really want to play this game and i think it's just that the characters are really boring (laughs) they're not great (laughs) absolutely and the dub is not the best (laughs) to put it kindly yeah (laughs) well okay that was the best part 
<laughs> the, the original Xenoblade, in my opinion, had a really good dub. I really liked it. Uh, Xenoblade X might have not been as strong on that front, but uh, Xenoblade 2, I, I think it's Rex more than anyone else who really puts me off. The rest of it, I guess, is fine. But um, And more than anything else, it's like the direction of the voice acting is frustrating. Do, yeah, do you remember that when you're fighting all those Ardanian soldiers, do you know what I'm talking about? And they just continually shout... Uh, don't forget me like you know those battle cries and it's just insane how like no one played through that in testing and was like this is not right good let's just go I with think, this like i think i saw the the donkey video on that and <laughs> he had this minute long compilation of his his um his sidekicks just continually shouting the same thing and him getting right. annoyed by it was great but yeah so, that can get very annoying so small things like that and it just there's just an mm. intangible thing that Xenoblade 2 doesn't do that the original did that in my opinion from when I play that that's making it a little bit harder for me to latch on to but I, I'm gonna keep trying to power through it and it's getting better in my opinion so I hope to finish it out yeah that, that might make me power through it more but I don't know I haven't decided yet yeah okay well then um it's come down to me. Lately, there have been two main things I've been playing. The first is Super Mario Odyssey, which I missed mm. last year, but I've been playing more of earlier this year. And my main feeling on it is it's surprisingly just real simple and straightforward so far. I had a, a preconceived notion that because of the cappy transforming power, it would be some, something of a learning curve or something really tricky or weird or unique mm -hmm. and so far I've just been flying through it it's just basic standard 3D yeah. Mario um, I thought of this race it's like underwhelming in a good way because I've really <laughs> had a lot of fun with it and I didn't have to confront this steep learning curve it's just straight 3D platforming Mario fun and I've gotten just up before the metro level so I'm not too far into it and I've really been enjoying it Another note I'll say about it, and I'd also like to ask your opinion on the matter, is moons Moons seem a lot less valuable than either power stars or um, shines because you just run into them practically everywhere you go. You can just bump into them. They smack you in the face almost even. So yeah. um, how did anyone else feel that having a less valuable collectible than, say, power stars and having this collectible that you can just keep getting dozens of is that a good thing a lesser thing does it matter it's tricky because i think there's value in the way that super mario odyssey has something literally around every corner like every part of the world is worth exploring because there are so many moons but the caveat is that kind of what you were saying these the moons are, are essentially valueless like why would you spend an enormous amount of time trying to get a really hard one <clears throat> to meet the requirement when you could just grab the one that you have to ground pound for but i think it somehow just works and i kind of actually wrote a piece on this on the site i don't know how it works i don't know how it incentivizes at least it incentivized me the way that it did but it is a weird thing just how available they are but just still how compelling it is and how much at least i felt as if i needed to get every single one still 
Well, the way I see it, sorry to cut you (laughs) off there. I mean, just when I think about it, like it's a game that has a good bar of entry, you know, for someone who's not a good gamer or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like the first video game they're playing. It's a good thing that you kind of can easily run into moons, right? Because, I mean, it's easy for us, right? Because we've been playing games for a while, but for them, it's like, oh, wow, that was so cool. But, like, trust me, there are definitely some moons out there that are not easy to get, and if you're the kind of person who wants a challenge out of a Mario platformer, the game can still provide you that as well. Uh, I think it goes back to the, like, completionist thing again, because it's like, for some people, that's really important. Like, you have to get every single thing in this game. You will play Final (laughs) Fantasy for two years to get everything in that game if you have to. And then there's people who they, you know, go through the game, defeat the final boss, like, that was good, and they're done. And that's, Hmm. it's just a matter of opinion. It's like, not everyone collected all of the puppies in Kingdom Hearts but some people did <laughs> you know it's like it's so I think it's kind of nice to have something like that in a game um, because you can have this extra thing that people can get but it's not like a requirement you don't feel the pressure to but it can be a lot of bring a lot of enjoyment I think to people who like that sort of collection I think that's a really great point because I do think that it's a great way to handle difficulty you know you could yeah kind of what Robert and you were saying you can go through the game you can get the moons that are right on the surface and you can cruise through it relatively easily but at the same time those who are seeking out the more difficulty more difficulty the more difficult platforming challenge will eventually get that at the end game so it is a good way of kind of handling the the difficulty problem I guess well and I thought couldn't there perhaps be tears um and the closest thing i've seen so far too that is when you get multi-moons uh, several at once from a boss mm-hmm. and i began thinking you know well could there have been whole moons you know for the really hard thing blue moons, so on and so forth but then i thought i countered that with the thought well maybe they didn't want anything complex like tears of moons just let's just do straight moons and keep it as simple as possible to keep it from coming this overly burdensome collectathon or where there are all these different types of items yeah 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 i mean because it, it gets to a point where you know if they had like super moons and ultra moons and stuff <laughs> they'd kind of mega moon their, yeah, <laughs> they lose their value eventually right because i mean by the time you get to you know end game where you're just collecting moons you're basically just collecting moons for the fun of it you know it's not like i need to unlock this super hyper ultra secret boss or whatever i mean not that the game doesn't kind of have that, but, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's just a point where collecting moons is being done for the sake of it rather than for what's next. Yeah. And I remember in your uh, in your piece, Sean, you did reference Donkey Kong 64, and I guess a, a good, mm-hmm. more contemporary reference would be ukulele, these games that just sure. uh, sort of clobber you with uh, items to collect. So my it, it contributes to my mixed feelings on moons of well, I wish there were tears to them or it wasn't just straight moons for everything. But then again, I appreciate uh, them wanting just one main simple collectible in light of, say, like ukulele or something, and they don't overwhelm you with all these different types of collectibles. Yeah, and, you know, that was a big complaint in, like, Super Mario Sunshine, I think, was the blue coins or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that might have been, you know, a direct response to that. Like, this is this this is this game. Collect these moons. We'll make it fun though. Like that was their thing and they did it obviously extremely well. So 
Alright then, well, besides that, I've also been playing Death's Cold Embrace. Now this is not an officially released game, this is a fan game, a fan mission for Thief 2. As you'll get to know from me, I play a lot of those. It's like my closet, <laughs> my closet niche game hobby is um, Thief <laughs> fan missions. It's like my own personal World of Warcraft, the thing that I just keep doing and will never stop. Uh, of course, <laughs> Thief and Thief 2 came out in 1998 and 2000, but their fan community has been producing these fan fan missions all these years. New graphics, uh, new models, I mean, the works, what you would expect from any dedicated fan community. They've done some really amazing things. They've done fan campaigns. One of them was featured in a PC gamer disc, Thief 2X, that came out in 2005. Um, this one had an article at rock paper shotgun done on it um but anyway it's called desk called embrace and the guy who made it he's a user at th through the looking glass named yandros there and he's been working on this thing for over a decade um as we all know from any fan project we might have followed they can really go into the cycle where it just never gets done um mm. like mm. with a good well i say recent five and a half years old but the black mesa remake that was one right. that took forever and then <clears throat> but they did get it done as is the case with this one Death's Cold Embrace and it's it's a 10 mission campaign and I don't I'll spare you the details since again this this is more of a niche topic but what I love about fan missions for these thief games is just how great the story the storytelling and the atmosphere is um in fact I mean I've I write about them regularly on some of my personal blogs that you can look up but and this one, it's it even has this Shakespearean overtone. It's set up like a tragedy. There are these rival families. Um, there are lovers, one from each family. There's deaths. I've kind of started to see it's taking this turn um, where you know everyone dies, so to say. Um, mm. It's set it's set in the snow. It's set in winter. There's the guy who made it. He has these. Um, violin and classical music sounding tracks that he uses throughout um and also s similar levels that he uses throughout it's throughout it's very cyclical you return back to the same places um some characters you're introduced to early on you meet they come back a lot of really ingenious things in it a lot of really ingenious references um like you're in it take mostly takes place in this section of thief city section called dayport like there's an apartment complex and for like three or four missions you go back to this apartment complex and each time different apartments in it have this story that's progressed um, like to give you an example of a detail one of them it has this really loud Victrola playing and in each mission you can read a new note on the windowsill them saying hey stop playing this music really loud you've got to get out of here or we're going to evict you and then in one mission it says okay that's it we're evicting you and then in the next mission, you look inside and you see the Victro Victrola smashed in a dead body on the floor. And it's just one of those, a little cyclical story that they keep going to. And this is the case with many of these fan missions. Um, so I'm, I'm about at the eighth mission in it. I could talk, I could talk for hours about it, but suffice it to say, um, it's been a really, a really good game experience. One of my favorites of 2017. Something I encourage everyone to check out if they haven't um yeah, sounds like some really good ambient storytelling there yeah. oh yes yeah i'll have to i've never played a thief title before and from what i've seen it seems awesome so i'll have to check it out 
Oh yes, it's it's um, very effective first-person immersive storytelling um, and atmosphere. Like a, I mentioned this a lot in interviews with new writers. Uh, recent examples <clears throat> would be like last year's Prey or the Dishonored titles. It has that same kind of design to it. Yeah. Bioshock, I would I I would also count even it had had some of that though it mainly harkened to System Shock too. But yeah, that whole realm of irrational studios, arcane studios, Bethesda, even mm-hmm. with their open world RPGs, a lot of that same formula is also what's in the Thief games. Gotcha. So really enjoyable. And with that We've now covered all the bases here on what we've all been keeping up with game-wise. So for the rest of this podcast, I wanted to discuss um, Nintendo's recent reveal. It was kind of a curveball that took me for surprise, the Nintendo Labo thing. Now, I'll turn this over to you in just a little bit. My first impression when I saw it was, it looked kind of (coughs) silly. Excuse me. It looked kind of silly and cheap. I thought, well, it's just cardboard. I mean, couldn't you just find some old-use boxes? Couldn't you just buy cardboard cheaper? I mean, what is this? Um, and then on more on more reading, reading pieces on it, I started to kind of come more around to the idea of seeing, oh, okay, I understand how it can be something interesting or fresh or valuable. Um, before I share... Any details, though, I do want to turn it over to all of you. Um, what do you think of this Labo product? Um, first impressions, thoughts after reading more about it, etc. I think this is something only Nintendo could do. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I really do. Like, if Sony was like, hey, we're going to sell you boxes, I'd be like, <laughs> get out of here. I have your PS4 box. That's all I need. <laughs> but Nintendo, they've got the Nintendo seal of approval that they probably slap on every one of these things. And that just instantly raises the price, right? Um, But I think it's a cool idea. Uh, Definitely not for every gamer, right? Um, But I think in the video they said something like, for kids and children at heart or something like that. And, you know, it's obvious they're gearing this towards a younger audience, which, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm definitely not the audience, but I'm not going to be someone who says, don't sell that. (laughs) I think it is good that there was some time between the switch launch and then this you know because i think it was important for them to market the switch in a very not necessarily not for kids way but definitely not a kids toy you know what i mean like the marketing mistakes they made with the wii u were enormous and i think it's it's good that they spaced this out a decent amount but at this point yeah i think it's it's good that they're diversifying in this way and they're I don't know, innovating in this way. It's it's always good when a big player does that. And I think it's just, it's like kind of in a funny way, kind of amazing of them to do this because everyone else is kind of arguing about like loot boxes and like microtransactions <laughs> right. and stuff. And Nintendo's like, here's a box, use your imagination. Like, we don't want loot boxes. Here's a real box. And I find that amazing in a way that they were just like, yeah, we're just going to go the opposite direction of everyone else. And I think that's honestly good a good move for them. Because, um, I mean, just with the Switch in general, I thought it was a great move for them going more, like, handheld and everything because they've always been really good at that. And I don't know. I just love the, like, whimsy of Nintendo. So... It was like a shock when I first saw it, but then it was like, yeah, I get it. This is this is one hundred percent a Nintendo thing. 
And something, a line I've read on a lot of the articles uh, on it has been, it makes sense given their 128-year history. I see that a lot. And the idea behind that, of course, is their history as a toy maker. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the refreshing part of this is the one the one positive feeling I have on it is, it brings uh, like the toy dimension uh, back to video games in this era of uh, 4K consoles, uh, VR headsets, uh, motion controllers, and all that. Here we have something that's just purely toy in like a Lego esque sense. And that's so it can be yeah. a good or refreshing idea. Uh, it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, I was going to um, follow uh, Christine up with this, but now I can uh, respond to you when you say that with the we're entering the gaming market with or re-entering it rather with, with toys, like physical things that you have to pick mm-hmm. up and play with and manipulate in some way. And then it's marketed to kids. And I'm just thinking, but my 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 seven year old stepsister, who I, whom I haven't seen in years, um, whenever I did see her, had all the toys at her disposal. And what did she choose to do? She chose to play uh, stupid fucking Facebook games on an iPad. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, you have everything you could ever want, obviously, because you're a kid. You have all the free time in the world. You don't have responsibilities, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but you also have all these toys, you know. Mm. In this specific example, you have the Barbie dolls and she had pets, um, like hamsters, and she had the two dogs we had. Um, she had the neighbors and, and their children and she had all her imagination, the sprawling imagination of a young, innocent child uh, in the non-quoted words of Wordsworth. But I mean, she didn't give a shit. And yeah. that's my, my biggest fear is they're going to put all their time and effort into what is essentially, as you say, a, a cardboard box with a piece of software and the know-how and the whole mystical, we're Nintendo, we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> um, and and w- w- God damn it, we'll make you like this this cardboard <laughs> box cutout and, and fish for fish that don't exist and make you look even crazier on the street after the, the 3DS and the walking and the Nintendo Go or the Pokemon Go, whatever the fuck. Okay, that'd um, be fucking wild if people walked out into the real world with all this. Right? Like, but I mean, I'm wearing that backpack bus. outside but, the second it but comes is, out. Is it going to stick at all? Is it going to last at all? Mm. And I don't think it is. I think the price is too steep. I think it should be 40, 50, not 60 or 70, 80 yeah. uh, dollars, which it is right now. I mean, mm. I think it's sort of facile to say, well, it's cardboard and it's very, very expensive for cardboard. I think that's a stupid point. But then on the other hand, kids these days, especially these days, will pick it up for two days and then they'll leave it there and they'll never touch it again. And that's, I think, going to be the biggest problem. The biggest hurdle is it's not going to stick, especially not at that price point, it's not going to sell. I think my like, only... Um argument with like the price point like obviously yeah it is very expensive but then i look at mm-hmm. like video games in general that are like 50 60 dollars sometimes and i'm like yeah that's that's i mean for what it is and how much enjoyment you'll get out of it like my my rule of thumb when i buy stuff is usually like i want at least an hour of enjoyment per two dollars i spend mm-hmm. so like if there's a game that i know is only five hours long and it costs like 60 dollars, i'm not gonna get it 
Um, right. But, but the games um, are already expensive. But yeah, I can totally see like no one like there's not going to be a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'll buy that for 80 bucks right now. Like it's kind of a small market. And, and I think it might be one of those like surprises almost because with Pokemon Go, it was like, yeah, go out with your kids. But it wasn't kids like right. it was people who grew up with Pokemon. I feel like this. They're like, yeah, you can you can build this piano with your children, but it's going to be like, you know, 30 year old people like, yeah, look yeah. at this robot backpack. I don't think so. Just Some like when I was a kid. Look so complicated. Like. To the point, at least where like a five-year-old would have trouble with it on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, yeah think- I mean, I, well, I was just going to say, I think part of the value of it, I mean, I'm not justifying it's $70, $80 price point, right? But I think part of the value isn't necessarily the usage of it, but like the same reason people buy those huge 1,000 piece Lego sets or something, you yeah. know, part of yeah. the fun is building the item, you know, and like kind of yeah, learning, sure. just, you know, kind of getting a better sense of like the 3D space of it. I feel but like I mean, we're, we're, I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt again, but yeah, uh, with with the Switch, I think we're forgetting that the Switch is three hundred dollars yeah. already, <laughs> and yeah. we're not looking at we're not looking at young adults, and we're not looking at adults um, who are going to uh, have to cross this hurdle of the seventy and the eighty bucks. They might cross that if they're crazy enough, you know. If they like Nintendo enough, they'll try it, and reviewers will buy it instantly you know day one or pre-ordered it mm-hmm. but um we're talking about parents of young children needing to buy an 80 dollar box to to uh stimulate their imagination and mm-hmm. i'm i can see a lot of parents just saying fuck that you have an ipad of 400 bucks <laughs> and we bought you all these these kids books use your own goddamn imagination we gave you legos which is 12 dollars make a make a house and then tear it down and make it again who gives a shit <laughs> Yeah, but I'd rather get that than like a Hatchimal or something. But you compare it to Pokemon (laughs) Go, but I I don't remember Pokemon Go ever costing $50 or $60. Like it was never really a full retail price game. Mm -hmm. So obviously young adults and and adults, people who play the first Pokemon games, which isn't kids now, seven-year-olds never played Red and Blue. um, We're going to pick that up and we're going to try that, obviously. Especially since, since the... The Pokemon available on the Pokemon Go were the first generation Pokemon, mm. right. which kids nowadays don't know. Yeah, I think it's my my point is more like I think it's grabbing onto nostalgia, and right. it was like I think it was just unexpected because people thought like oh Pokemon Go is going to be a kids thing, but it turned out not to really be as much of a kids thing yeah. as they thought. Like people were kind of surprised. I feel like it might be kind of similar to that. But another thing I is um, a lot of programs coming out these days. Obviously, it's not the exactly the same, but there's a lot of, like, coding and building classes these days. Um, you know, like, they'll have them in the schools. There's, like, Arduino. Yeah. There's different projects like that. And it's, like, it's, it's kind of similar. Obviously, the price point is very different, and it's not as in-depth coding. But, like, you know, building an Arduino project, it's kind of like you get the board, you get some wires and things, and you get some cheap mm. materials, and you can make some fun projects. And I feel like it's almost piggybacking off of that. It's like, hey, why don't you do a little more with the Switch? You can kind of maybe make it a learning experience. But it's yeah. it's yeah. not to the same level, obviously, right? You're not learning right. like a life skill of coding. But mm. I feel like they, they were kind of piggybacking off of that. Like, hey, why don't you use technology and kind of learn about how things work using it because it's like small and you can do that which is is pretty interesting but again an arduino unit is like 
40 bucks maybe so it's mm. obviously a very different price point for availability right. and why would you defer that responsibility of of getting your kid um enthusiastic about for example engineering mm. right or building or science or whatever uh to a piece of software that does not have the same responsiveness as say uh, a professional in the field with whom you can um literally build things in the real mm -hmm. world have direct application of course on these uh these 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 events that universities and and, and uh high schools uh schedule once every i mean two months mm -hmm. it's it's uh it's it's but it's 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 interesting that you you bring up this point now because that was my second point i was going to raise is that nintendo these past i think 10 years has had this sort of um this change in in uh, their personal identity, where they somehow now are convinced that they need to educate uh, mm. young people, and they did it with the Wii, where they they had the motion controls and the sports games, where all of a sudden now gamers need to move around a lot and need to lose weight apparently because they need to move and they need to be on their feet playing video games, and then it was with 3DS there was this this very um, always online sort of uh, feature where you had to walk around to get coins to play games and mm. to interact with the outside world and with people and now there's a switch which sa which says your kids lack imagination here let us help you which is I mean it's kind of weird isn't it yeah. this sort of this attitude of um, we'll we'll kind of will civilize you it's 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 not offensive really but it's 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 sort of that that air of of we need to tell you how to not only how to raise your kids but how to live as well you need to move around and you need to socialize and you need to be interested in building and use your imagination uh, as if people really need to be told these things mm. i don't know i mean i'd love to learn fishing from nintendo well, <laughs> right true <laughs> be fun true and a lot of what was said here I agree are downsides too, but I really do question the longevity of it. Um, yeah. I question, is it really only for kids? Because I think it's mostly, it's going to be a lot of young adults like me who grew up with Legos or whatever, who grew up in the pre-screen, yeah. pre-iPhone <clears throat> yeah. era when we actually did play with all these physical toys as kids who are really interested in it and it, it makes us uh, feel nostalgic. You know, kids nowadays like Jorge rightly pointed out, I mean, are they really going to be interested in this? Um, and even if they are, how long will it last? Is it worth the money? Will these things get stepped on and have stuff spilled on them? I mean, um, mm. it's it's just it's something iffy. It'll be interesting to see how long it can last, if it becomes like a long-lasting fad, or if it's something that dies away, um, like they have. I mean, there are going to be accessories you can color them with or stick on them, like stickers. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure there will be uh, really smart kids and you know genius students and stuff who do all kinds of crazy custom stuff with them. Um, mm. But the main question again is longevity and who is it really for? Um, if mm -hmm. it's right. suggested it's really for kids nowadays, is that really the case? Right. Because I think the um, the whole idea, the whole project, as it's being organized and, and um, built up right now, is incredibly self-defeating. Because notice that even though the the Switch is a gaming console and Nintendo is primarily a gaming company now, um, 
there wasn't really a single link with any video game with any of the the the, the modes of of propping up your cardboard into whatever you want yeah like the fishing for example you weren't fishing up pokemon which could have been a great link that would have been for sure. gamers mm-hmm. or to get kids interested into well buying pokemon really but still or um, animal crossing <laughs> right oh, yeah, yeah fishing. Oh, yeah. Animal crossing. The, the piano mode um we music there wasn't really any sure but i mean there wasn't really this this oh here's here's sheet music to to to, to the mario theme uh, of of 15 years ago something like that i don't know something stupid um or with the robot thing it's just sort of a generic city and you're just a generic monster doing some generic thing and then there's this this emphasis on the imagination mm-hmm. but if kids really had to use their imagination then they would not buy your console they would not pay 80 bucks for a cardboard box they take their own cardboard box and they turn it into a house and then they paint uh, a door on it or something stupid like that you know really use their imagination instead of just sort of meddling in between in this way and uh not really getting anywhere i don't think it's it's kind of i don't want to say stupid but Mm. It's kind of like I don't know, a self, halfway point. Like instead of like going all in, it's kind of like halfway. It's like not fully sure. imaginative and cheap, um, and it's not fully like advanced technology expensive. It's like right in the middle, which yeah could definitely cause problems. Just but in so doing, yeah, yeah. but in so doing, um, it's it's sort of it fails to latch on onto uh, any single identity and so falls flat if you pardon the pun with the card card <laughs> but I mean oh I get it there's 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 just I, I don't see really any incentive for anyone to buy it now because of this because there's no link with gaming uh, culture or whatever you want to call it so should we really I mean will anyone really want to after the first week or two pay 80 bucks to, to walk around and pretend you're a monster in, in, in some some random generic nameless faceless <laughs> village when you can pay 10 bucks or even pirate a game now that that allows you to do that exactly with, yeah, that's with, a really good with point. names and faces attached um, and then in reverse kids can just first of all do the same you know they can just ask for the 10 bucks or pirate video games um, and then also they can just use their dolls they already have or they would ask their their parents to buy them which would maybe be 30 bucks 50 bucks 100 bucks eventually you know something like that but then they can do whatever with it they could they wouldn't have to be restrained to to um or constrained i should say to to the restrictions that the cardboard and the 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 cutouts and the the wires internally would would um provide i don't know it's 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 a really weird like the more i think about it the the the, the more pointless i think this whole project is and i'm especially <laughs> like worried that they're going to put too yourself. much <laughs> right but i'm especially worried it's going, that they're going to put too much uh time and effort into it and it's going to again fall flat on its face yeah i can see that i mean i think the reason why i'm more optimistic about it like in general i feel optistic because i see it more like a pet project like I don't see them like, like them depending on this going the well. Yeah, yeah, they're not like our company will fail if no one buys this. Like I feel like maybe yeah. there was like some team and they were like, "Hey, I think we could make something interesting using the Switch. Why don't we try that?" And they're like, "Okay." And like 
they'll make a you know few million dollars off of it and then they'll move mm-hmm. on to the next thing and if as long as that's if they don't want it to be this like people will be continuing to do it for 10 years like it doesn't oh, really sure. matter to them but yeah i mean any anything like this it, it's you know like pokemon go like it was amazing and everyone was doing it like i almost got trampled in a park <laughs> like playing that game and then you know i come back uh for another visit to the states like a year later and there's like maybe three people playing it yeah so like it didn't last long but when it was there it was fun and so it's like yeah i mean it was fun while it lasted not everything has to last forever Um, oh sure but um, project thing i mean that makes sense and that that might be the very reason that they have that their software is so far removed from actual nintendo ips right why none of it is directly tied into like to say animal crossing or f-zero or whatever yeah i mean because let's let's be realistic here even if this falls like it just sucks the first day no one buys any it's not like nintendo is going to be hurting yeah you know that that switch is generating many pretty pennies for nintendo right now like right they've got the cushion i mean deservedly so i mean with with a year in which you get a new Zelda game, which isn't a spin-off. You get a Mario game that is um, allegedly or purportedly the successor to to um, Mario 64. Obviously, they're going to... Um, or they have made a lot of bank this year, yeah. I should say. But, sure. um, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that at least two of you now have said that um, it's going to be a pet project because... From all the impressions I'm getting from the website and the, the sort of coverage of, well, we're going to be releasing new modes in the future, this seems to very much be a, a project that is at least intended to last a year or two years. Well, it could be that this initial release is a wade into the waters and like the extent that they'll continue to support it afterwards will be determined based on how well it does, you know, this first time. It, well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if it does better than they're expecting, they can do a lot with it in the future. Yeah. I feel because if they were to open it up to more like developers, let's say, or even just kids who are coding, yeah. like I mentioned before, right? Like, what if they changed it um, almost like a cheaper version of 3D printing? You know, like what if they're like design your own thing, design you know your own game or whatever the model of materials you need and then design it online will ship you you know the cutout for it that's pre like perforated edges and everything for you know 20 bucks and there you go you just made your own game so i feel like like if they do something like that it would be like this big thing but if it's just restricted then it's going to be hard but i feel like there is an opportunity for it to be more and i just it depends if they go that way because yeah if they if they want to it could become something bigger if they don't like it could just be this but i would i would personally be really excited if they opened it up um for more developers or kind of like a mario maker kind of thing like either just letting the public design their own things which some would work some wouldn't or even just letting random developers like make their own or something i was wondering about the third party interesting like if we would ever end up seeing that 
but yeah there are so many cool ideas that you can just think of right off the bat just like designing your own little house and uploading it into animal crossing or you know something like that like there's all kinds right. of cool stuff that could actually have happen if they started integrating it into their the first parties but yeah I, I imagine we'll have a really good idea as to whether or not nintendo is going to keep going with this based on how it receives in um, April is when it comes out, right? Yeah, 420 yeah, release date. 420. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a Friday. Yeah. Uh, that, that. Now it feels even more like they're trolling us. Like. Oh, yeah. Easy yeah. jokes. <laughs> Easy jokes. <laughs> Get together, build a robot. 420. 420. Same <laughs> Starship Troopers 2 come out. Well, that's how they know like everyone will buy it because it'll be like on 420 and they'll be like yeah why not man <laughs> like let's go get some snacks and like uh. build a robot why not this game's amazing and then like they wake up the next day and they're like was it amazing I don't remember anymore there's like torn cardboard all over there and like what happened here we'll have to buy another one I, I do love the like Oops, jokes stinks. that are coming out on Twitter for this though. Like someone yeah. tweeted something about like you know that that sh- that scene from The Simpsons where like Homer looks at the fucking uh, like barbecue grill and it's like a picture of it and then like oh, he yeah. reveals the picture away and then it's like it's all broken because he doesn't know how to build it. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people are like, "This is gonna be me with a Nintendo Labo." And I'm like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> it's gonna be like those Pinterest more, uh... things. Like, you know, like when you see a Pinterest, oh, like, yeah. oh, make these cute cupcakes or whatever. And then like, they're horrifying when <laughs> like, normal um, people yeah. make it. Expectation a... versus reality type deal. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, basically. And yeah. Do you think, do you think it's uh, too soon? I mean, the Switch has only been out for uh, a little 10 months. A year. Yeah, 10 months. Yeah. Is it too soon? Should they have waited a year? I think it's all right. I feel like the Switch is in a lull right now uh, in terms of, you know, big IP. Mm-hmm. Like, they've blown Zelda and Mario. We know Metroid's coming sometime. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> it's it's a good time, I think, for something for them to be risky with something like this. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah, because, I mean, well, what does 28 have for that? 2018 have a uh, Kirby, Yoshi, and... Kirby. That, that's it. Definitively, that's it, right? Like, oh, Donald well, Donkey Kong now, too, but... Yeah. Some other small. I don't know. And I think um, the main point you were all making there is this is a foundation. It's the start of something. And as I noted, it is refreshing. It's not something you see from anyone else. Um, It's not a VR headset. It's not um, a new motion controller gimmick thing. It's out of left field. It's Mm -hmm. physical. It's toy-esque. It could be a foundation for something that could be really, really interesting. Um, and there could even be tie-ins to uh, augmented reality. Um, mm-hmm. And it could, yeah. who knows how big it could get. I mean, maybe there could be cardboard castles at some point in the future. Um, and AR implementation with that, where it projects images onto the wall and, and so on and so forth. So we're, it is- We're heading towards cardboard dystopia and we don't yes. even know it yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is. It is a foundation, and it's interesting, it draws attention, and that, I guess, is the main thing. And so with that then, we will wrap up our discussion there, and we will also wrap up the Game Luster pilot cast, or pilot podcast. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, um, <laughs> faint enthusiasm. <man. laughs> yes, um, depending on your your current current time, um, you might be happier than the rest of us. Uh, but anyway, uh, any final words of wisdom? I'll go around the room, Sean. Are you really? I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, oh, just you and just you and just say hello or bye or what's up um, you don't have to think too hard about it goodbye bye <laughs> I, I feel like I was put on the spot there. I'm sorry yeah, I, a little bit I was just, just, I was just going you on go it's like it's like here uh, give give the people some words of wisdom <laughs> well well, it's not just you I was just I was going in reverse order from fair, our currently playing so then uh, Jorge uh, try Fortnite try Fortnite that's my oh. that's my thing if okay. you haven't already try it Jorge? Never run with scissors. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Christine? Uh, if it looks fun, just go for it. If you have the money, I guess. Robert? Uh, <laughs> don't be ashamed about what if you have fun with a cardboard backpack or not. Don't be ashamed about cocaine and prostitutes. <laughs> if yep. you have the money, go for it. <laughs> I mean, Christine in video so. games. Don't take this out of oh, context. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, GTA, you can do it there. Yeah, no, with the right go. mods, for sure. Yeah. No, just just unashamedly wear your backpack in public and please send me photos. I'll go out with right. that. Robert? Uh, always run with scissors. Ah. Shit. And, and, and you, can, you can follow me on Twitter at Penoptimist, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. Sing. Oh. Ooh. Smash that motherfucking like button. <laughs> Subscribe that smash button. Right. Maybe I should do that. At Benny the Guard. <laughs> Benny underscore the underscore guard, all lowercase. At Benny the Guard. Ah, well. Anyway. Was that at Benny the Guard? Yes. At B E N N. And it's it's underscores, <laughs> not spaces. And it's oh. all lowercase. And there's an ad at the front. And then there's <laughs> now you know Sean. There, now there's you know. at Game Luster yeah. also. That's yeah, kind yeah. of cool too. At Game Luster. Um yes. but anyway. That will do it then. Thank you everyone for coming and everyone for listening. Um, see you next time. Toodles. See you guys. See ya.